0: Welcome to Great American Things, a reminder of all the people, places, and events we know and love about this country. Now, here's the host of our podcast, Robin Chalkley.
1: Hello, this is Robin Chalkley, and welcome to Great American Things. This is a podcast that's going to feature some of the greatest things about this wonderful country. Now, we all know that right now the country is somewhat divided into Two different views of what we think America should be like. But there are so many things about this country that we should all be really proud of, that are really great and wonderful things, and that's what this podcast is going to be all about. So here are the categories we're going to be featuring in the coming episodes. Music, history, people, sports, the arts, travel, and TV and movies. Well, now that we have that preface out of the way... Let's get into the very first celebration. The very first entry in this year's podcast of Great American Things is Actress Betty White. If Betty White's life were a TV show, it would be titled Everybody Loves Betty. From radio to TV sitcoms to game shows, she's excelled at everything she's done. Guinness World Records affirms that she's had the longest tenure in showbiz of any woman, having begun her career in 1939. While Betty obviously had been performing for decades, she finally broke into the fast lane with her role of Sue Ann Nivens on The Mary Tyler Moore Show in the 70s. She followed up that successful run with another, this time as the airhead Rose Nyland on The Golden Girls in the 80s. My wife Jeanie's favorite Betty White performance was in a movie called The Lost Valentine, a 2011 Hallmark Hall of Fame movie. She says she's seen it at least 10 times and cries every time. In addition to acting, Betty has always been a mainstay on game shows, having appeared on To Tell the Truth, What's My Line, The $25,000 Pyramid, Match Game, and Password with her third husband, Alan Ludden. Betty won lots of awards, including Emmys, Grammys, Golden Globes, People's Choice, and Screen Actors Guild trophies. She even hosted a game show once called Just Men and won the Daytime Emmy as Outstanding Game Show Host. And of course she was well known for her love of animals. Betty outlived the rest of her Golden Girls cast, and here's what she said when she turned ninety. I can credit my folks for my genes. That said, I can't get over that at this age I don't feel this age. I'm not trying to be any younger. I'm not lying about my age. If I were lying about my age, I would say I was 89. I'm just at one of those good times in one's life. I'm at one of the high spots. I'm healthy enough to enjoy it. I'm surrounded by friends I adore. Isn't that the kind of best way to sign off? Betty left us on New Year's Eve in 2021, just a couple of weeks before she would have turned 100. Show business isn't nearly as much fun without her. Now here's the second of our great American things for today's program, and it's the Rose Bowl. I'm a big football fan, especially college football. For me, the best time of the year starts around Labor Day and ends at New Year's. We've had a four-team official national championship playoff for several years now, and starting in 2024, that tournament is expanding to 12 teams. That'll be exciting, and I'll watch every minute of every game. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop liking the minor bowls. It's fun when East Central Arkansas takes on Bangor Presbyterian College in the Golden Corral Buffet Bowl on ESPNU on a Tuesday at 2 p.m. But for most of my life, there were four bowl games that mattered most. The Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and the granddaddy of them all The Rose Bowl. Ah, the history of this sports icon. The wonderful Rose Bowl parade existed before the bowl, and the first Rose Bowl game in 1902 was actually a way to help pay for the parade. A crowd of a thousand was expected, but some 8,000 people showed up. This was way too many folks for Pasadena's Tournament Park, and a near-riot happened. So the game was not held again until 1916. What events did the fine folks in Pasadena devise for those interim years? Apparently not as many people wanted to attend chariot races as football games, though I think that would have been kind of fun to watch. The new horseshoe-shaped Rose Bowl Stadium was constructed in 1922, but back then no one seemed to realize that all those thousands of people would be arriving in cars, and they built the stadium between a residential neighborhood and a golf course so virtually no parking some folks have to walk a mile just to get there in 1927 the rose bowl game was the first sporting event ever broadcast on radio and was the first national telecast of any college sporting event in 1952 oh and the first college football game to be broadcast in color in 1962 the big 10 and what's now the pac-12 champions First faced each other in an agreement that started on January 1, 1947. This annual classic has hosted 20 Heisman Trophy winners, 29 national champions, and 219 consensus All Americans. Some of the great players and coaches of all time had their Rose Bowl moments. Players like O.J. Simpson, Dick Butkus, Archie Griffin, and Warren Moon. Coaches Newt Rockney, Pop Warner, George Halas and Dick Vermeil, and broadcasters Kurt Gowdy, Dick Enberg, and Keith Jackson. For me, seeing a game on January 1 in the Rose Bowl is on my bucket list. Wouldn't that be a great way to start a new year? We'll be back next week with two more great American things, a wonderful singer, and a beautiful beach.
0: Thanks for listening. To comment on today's podcast. Send an email to gatpodcast at gmail.com. That's gatpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us at Great American Things.